Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. Today is Tuesday, October 12th, 2010, and tonight we're going to be continuing analyzing the various and multifaceted methodologies of mind control right here on what on earth is happening this evening. Before we get into our topic of discussion for this evening, which is going to be the control of the mainstream media, the control of mass media outlets, and just how little real and true information people get to hear and see and read on a daily basis in the controlled paradigm in which we live. So that's going to be coming up in just a few minutes on the show this evening. Just want to announce uh, quickly that uh, it looks like Revolution Broadcasting's feed is down for this evening. It appears that there was a server issue, so that will be taken care of uh, very soon, but uh, for now, for tonight, the show is live on my site only. I have a couple of event announcements that I want to read for events coming up in the Philly area. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody that was involved with hosting the um, Mutual UFO Network Conference that happened in Bucks County, Pennsylvania uh, this past weekend. It went very successfully, great speakers. Uh, Thanks to all of the people involved for hosting it and uh, for putting that conference on. So two event announcements coming up in the Philadelphia area. The first is the third Monday of every month, free documentary screenings and discussion evenings. This is hosted by Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, a great activist group in this area. 
The next one that they have coming up is Monday, October 18th, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Ethical Society Building. That's at 1906 South Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. They'll be screening the documentary called For Liberty. Here's the description. Advocating a philosophy of sound money, a non-interventionist foreign policy, strict constitutionalism, and individual liberty. But Dr. Ron Paul inspired a unique grassroots movement unmatched in American history, the repercussions of which continue to reverberate today into the future of the American psyche. For Liberty, How the Ron Paul Revolution Watered the Withered Tree of Liberty follows this historic campaign from the perspective of grassroots activists and showcases the unique and often bizarre yet groundbreaking projects they undertook as they brushed aside traditional campaign methodology. So it's going to be about how the Ron Paul Revolution basically went out in the campaign of 2008 and tried to educate the American public on this philosophy. This is Monday, October 18th, 7 p.m. at the Ethical Society Building, 1906 South Rittenhouse Square, for Liberty. For more information on this group's events, please visit truthfreedomprosperity.org. That's truthfreedomprosperity.org. And the final event announcement I have is the conference that I am co-hosting coming up in Philadelphia next year. It's called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based abuse and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those who are affected by these devices. The date is Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., both days, with the doors opening at 9 a.m. The location is Ruba Hall, R-U-B-A, Ruba Hall, at 414 Green Street. That's 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. The admission price is set very affordably at only $20 per day, the confirmed speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Farah Yurdozu, Jay Parker, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, myself, Mark Passio, Mel Fabregas, Michael Kelly, Suzanne Taylor, and... Just added to the bill, I didn't even get a chance to put it up on the website yet. He was just added and confirmed this weekend, Mr. Richard Dolan, who is going to be giving a unique presentation on the history of mind control and its methodologies. Really looking forward to that, as Richard Dolan is a very distinguished and eloquent speaker. So it's an honor to have him uh, join the 
roster of speakers for the Free Your Mind Conference coming up in Philadelphia, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. For more information on this great conference, please visit the website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. So those are the event announcements for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. So let me give the call-in number for the show. As always, feel free to call in at any time. Please be patient when you call in. I know that I could uh, take a little while to get to callers sometimes, but I will get to your call. I like taking calls. I like hearing what the listening audience has to say. So please be patient when you call in. The call-in number, 724 444 7444. Once again, the call in number 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put the call ID number for what on earth is happening in. So the call ID number for this show is 83515. Once again, the call ID number is 83515. No taboo topics ever on this show, call in and discuss what you'd like to talk about. Tonight, the main topic of discussion is the mainstream media. We're going to be talking about this as a methodology of keeping people's minds in a certain state of consciousness. That's what the name of this game is, folks. If you don't have all of the information that is necessary to make properly informed decisions. Who knows what people may believe and act upon. And indeed, that is exactly what is going on, and that is what they are doing. They are acting in completely uninformed ways because they are not getting the full picture. They are not getting the whole story. They're getting a limited and slanted view through the mainstream media of what is really taking place in their world. And this could be one of the most powerful techniques in all of the dominator's arsenal. And the reason that is is because it's a constant application of propaganda. It is a continual bombardment to the, to the senses, whether it be read, heard, or seen, whether it be in the nightly news or in certain movies or in radio broadcasts or in the newspapers or magazines that are read, and you can go on and on and on, books that are published. What I hope to do with the show tonight is to explain to people that once again a level of discernment is required in understanding who it is that is giving you accurate information this connects with the main topic of this entire show and that is the ability to tell truth from falsehood Again, what this show is ultimately about is the recognition of causal factors. The recognition of the causes 
for the effects that we observe in the manifested reality in which we live. If we don't understand those root causal factors, we are going to be powerless in understanding what actually creates that which we must experience in the physical reality in which we live. Therefore, the number one thing that we should be focusing our attention on is to develop our ability to tell truth from falsehood. If we don't have this ability, we are wandering blindly. We are creating blindly. We are wandering in a desert of completely untrue ideologies as opposed to understanding the philosophical groundwork upon which we are based as an integral part of the whole physical universe that we live in. This is one of the laws that underlie creation. People have called it many different things. The law of cause and effect. Or the principle of cause and effect. People have called this the law of attraction. People have referred to this as natural law. And indeed it is all of those things. And this is something you'll never hear discussed in the mainstream media. Because these paid propagandists will never tell you that you're the creator of your reality. They'll constantly try to reinforce your personal weakness and your lack of power and your subservience to leaders and authorities and people who know better than you, experts. They'll constantly try to tell you that you don't have the tools to decipher truth from falsehood. You don't have the tools of discernment to understand what is actually taking place versus what is not. They'll try to tell you you're completely powerless to know what actually is going on around you. And they'll never tell you how important it is to recognize that which is taking place within you. So I want to get into a little bit about the more esoteric aspects of this first. About why they want to control information. Information is what we are ultimately all made of. What you eat makes up who you are. That food is information. It is decoded by the biological computer that is the body, broken down into its constituent elements, processed, and then it goes into making you who you are. That is, you are what you eat is true. We'll be talking about food and medicine next week. We'll be beginning that discussion. That will probably be a couple of week long topic couple of shows at least so in addition to what you take in physically through your body through eating and drinking and breathing the air around you 
what you take into your eyes and ears is also integral, critically important to that which comprises you, that which you are made of. When we take in information through the senses, we are integrating that into our personality, whether we understand that that's taking place or not. That's simply how it works. The brain is like a biological computer. If junk goes into it, junk comes out of it. It gets output on the screen, and that, that output screen is our physical reality. And it is generated, it is manifested by that which we take into ourselves. So it's, we need to be careful to exercise discernment about that which we take into ourselves. And we need to make a decision as to its veracity, its truthfulness. How many people actually do that and actively engage their brain to weigh information and determine its truthfulness? How many people are eclectic enough, meaning they go to enough varied sources of information to be able to determine what is real and what is not? How many people even think logically enough to determine whether what they're being told is true? See, that's another thing that will set this show apart. I'm not asking people to believe what I say. I tell people belief is one of the things that is destroying this world and the people in it. The information I talk about on this show is verifiable. You can verify this in your own experience and, and most importantly in your own experience, because that's another thing people will tell you is not a valid method for determining truth from falsehood, your own experience. And I'm here to tell you that's probably the most important way of doing it. But secondary to that, it's being eclectic enough about the information sources that you go to for what's going on, to, to learn about what's going on. And very, very few people have developed that ability. And one of the main reasons is because they would prefer to sit back and actively and passively, rather than actively weigh information, they would rather passively accept information. It's part of the ultimate reason that things are progressing the way that they are in our society. Most people have been convinced that what is taking place around them is not their personal responsibility. And that's another thing that may set this show apart from some others. I'm not the one that's going to blow smoke up your rear end and try to tell you that you're not responsible for what's taking place, that it's some elite that does this to us, and that's not the case. That is not the case. We are doing this to ourselves because we're not developing the spiritual strength necessary to overcome the lies of these dominators in this dominator culture. We're not developing the discernment to be able to weigh information in the balance of our own ability to tell truth from falsehood. We're not developing these skills because we're believing the lies that we're repeatedly told through the media and through other people around us. 
that we are secondary and inferior to leaders or authority figures. And they'll tell us what's going on, and we should simply believe that. And 95% of people in the world or better actually fall into that category. They actually do accept that nonsense, that it's not up to them to determine what's really going on. It's not up to them to determine the truthfulness or the morality of a situation or event or circumstance. It's up to them to simply listen to what's being told to them by someone who knows better. They're an expert. They're an authority figure. They know better than me. And once we give up that ability that we all inherently possess, and it's simply a matter of working with it, it's like a muscle. If it isn't worked with, it atrophies. We have it. Everyone has it. But it needs to be exercised. It needs to be worked with. And then it becomes sharper. It becomes stronger. Less and less manipulation can be pulled on a person who develops this capability. And that's, this is, again, the number one thing that I stress on this show. The ability to tell truth from falsehood is ultimately what consciousness is. It is ultimately what is creating the good experiences that we see around us take place or what is experiencing all the negative consequences of not using that capability, not exercising it, not developing it, not growing it. So when we look at the mainstream media, how many places in, this, in, in, in these sources of information do you even see this concept of truth from falsehood? How many places do you even see the word consciousness, for example? They don't want people even looking into what consciousness is. They'll be very careful never to even use that word, just like in religion. You can go to a church, a mosque, a synagogue. How many are using the word consciousness? It's exceedingly rare if it's used at all. And you'll never hear this used in the mainstream media because they want to dissuade you from even looking into a topic like that. They want a passive acceptor of information. And again, we've talked about some of the more esoteric aspects of this, that you'll see the color blue used in news broadcasts. This is the color that will entrain the mind into a passive state if it is used frequently enough and, and omnipresently. If that's the, the color that is the most predominant color in someone's field of vision. Blue speaks to the left brain, I'm sorry, to the right brain hemisphere. It engages the right brain hemisphere. The right brain hemisphere is about acceptance, passive, simply observing, not getting active or involved. It is the feminine aspect, the receiver aspect. It is the receptive qualities of the individual. This is why these colors will be used in news broadcasts. Don't take my word for it, just... Verify it in your own experience. Turn on the 11 o'clock news this evening in your area. Guaranteed blue is the dominant color. Guaranteed. It's all right there. It's all been there. People just aren't conscious enough to see it. They want you to feel powerless. 
That's the next component in this. They want you to think you don't have a say in what's going on. They want you to think that there are always others who know better than yourself that you need to simply listen to and accept. And I don't tell you that you need to accept what I say on this show. I say if, if you don't want to accept this, turn it off and go watch something else or listen to something else. I'm trying to help people understand what's going on because I have verified this information in my own experience. But no one is obliged to listen. No one is obliged to, to go any further, act upon this, or do anything with it. And that's, that's the role of information. See, if information isn't acted upon, it's ultimately useless. But see, you're, you're in a better position to get people to act upon information that you're telling them if you do a couple of things. And these are the techniques of the mainstream media. You want to put them in a passive state. Then you want to repeat what you're saying over and over and over and over. Ad infinitum, endlessly. That's another technique of mind control, repetition. You hear something enough times, sooner or later you're likely to believe it. This is what Adolf Hitler said. He said, make the lie big, keep saying it, and eventually they will believe it. Because he well understood the techniques of propaganda, like his propaganda minister Goebbels did. Goebbels said, make the lie big. You know, the bigger the lie, the more it will be believed. People are more likely to believe the biggest lies about the deepest things, the most, the most important and critical topics, like the nature of how we create our reality, or the lie that we don't. See, people will believe lies about that even more readily than about some simple uh, everyday things that are going on around them. Because they want that removal of responsibility. Ultimately, it's about people not wanting to be responsible for their own actions. Hey, if they can say, I, I'm not responsible for this. Somebody else told me to do it. I was just following orders. Like in the Third Reich, they're more likely to do that. They want the removal of personal responsibility. Oh, they want to believe, oh, it's not my information to, to weigh an, uh, a huge amount of information and decide out of it what is true because I've compared multiple sources and I've compared it against my own experience and I've studied and researched and gone through trouble and taken time of my life to, to weigh this information and decide whether it is accurate or not accurate. No, because that takes responsibility. That takes time, which we've talked about on this show, is a spiritual currency. It is a way that we pay for what we ultimately get in life. What we do with our time, what we do with our attention, and this has to do with what we pay attention to. Pay attention. Right there in the expression, it's, it's a currency. You pay attention. Well, you pay for things. That means you get something back in return for your payment. And what you're getting back in return 
is what you ultimately think like, what you ultimately feel like, and what you ultimately act like. And that's what's creating your reality because that's the components of your consciousness. The expressions of your consciousness is more accurate. So the media is one of the most important arms of the dominator agenda because ultimately it is what is shaping the thoughts, emotions, and actions of people. It is behavioral sculpting. It is social engineering. That's what this form of propaganda is, the controlled media. And it doesn't matter what source you go to in the controlled paradigm. It's all controlled opposition. It doesn't matter whether you turn on CNN, whether you read Time Magazine, whether you read Newsweek or the Washington Post, or whether you watch Fox News, or whether you watch ABC, NBC, CBS, or read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. It doesn't make a difference. They're all controlled sources of information. They're all controlled sources. And the reason that they're so tightly controlled in the modern world is because they're largely owned by the same people. And what they want to do is disempower, get you not to look at yourself, of, of people in general, as the creators of what happens in this world. It is not a small group of people. It is the masses of people that think the way that they do and accept things the way that they are that is continuing to let this creation go along unhindered as it is without any real positive change or empowerment of the people. And the universe is not going to step in and correct this situation. We need to step in and correct it through our will, through our intelligence, and through our care. The universe is going to let us have what we create whether it be for our benefit or for our harm. It doesn't say no. That's just how it works. And people need to get out of their head and simply accept that this is how natural law works. See, it's all about ego. People don't want to accept certain ways of thinking, feeling and acting will get you certain results. They want to think it's just random events happening to them. And I'd like to briefly bring up, before we go deeper into the discussion of the control of the media and what, and what companies actually own, what we are largely getting to see, hear, and read. I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but I think it's appropriate, talking about people not wanting to admit that things are worse than they would even believe and not wanting to admit that they're playing a role in creating that because of the forces that they're actually working with and putting out there and expressing. And then bad things happen to them and they wonder why. They stand around wondering why. But they can't go down to the deepest causal factors of it. And this may offend some people, what I'm about to talk about. And here's the tagline for the show. Get as offended as you like. I'm not here to make friends, people, in case you didn't get that yet. In case you haven't understood that, after 28 weeks is the 29th week of the show. In case you didn't figure out that I'm not here to make friends with people, let me explain. 
this isn't exactly popular speech. This isn't exactly what people want to hear in case you couldn't figure that out on your own because it lays responsibility firmly in your lap as opposed to pointing the finger at all, in other people's lap. And I'm not someone who throws stones. I have changed my life and my actions and my views and my thoughts, my emotions and my actions, my behavior. I, I am a person who has done that. And I, so I can say this not, without being a hypocrite about it. And I understand that the great work is to explain this information to people. That's it. That's all it is. The great work is to go into the world and explain the truth to people about how they're creating their reality. Because that's the only thing that's ever going to get people to become conscious co-creators of their reality. They're doing it unconsciously, and they're saying, my God, why am I continuing to get this result? Because you're unconscious of the forces you work with, and you're unconscious of how natural law works. That's why you're continuing to get the same bad results you're continuing to get. And until you change yourself, until you change yourself and you stop working with the forces that you're working with and you start working with higher forces in consciousness, you're going to continue to get the same results. The end. The end. That's just how it works. Get over it. So, one, I'm not here to make friends with people. Two, this isn't a popularity contest. I'm not in competition with anybody. I don't care who listens or doesn't listen. I'm going to continue to speak the truth because that's the force I serve. I don't serve people. I've said that many times on this show. I am not your servant. I am truth's servant. The end. That's it. So don't put me up on a pedestal as a guru and don't think I'm your bound servant either because neither one of those scenarios is the case. I serve the truth, period, the end. So let's look at an instance where people, bad things are happening to them, and yet they still want to remain a tent pitcher in the journey toward true enlightenment. They want to think that they can continue to do the things that they're doing against natural law principles, and they want to think they can continue to allow the shirking of personal responsibility in the world and still have things that are good and pleasant and beneficial and, and, and prosperous. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And this goes to the controller agencies. And again, we talk about this tons and tons of times, and I'm going to make a brief interlude here. It's connected with the media because it's an event that is happening and is being heard about in the media. And I'm referring to the abduction by the Child Protective Services, alleged protective services, of um, Jonathan Irish's son, newborn child. Jonathan Irish is an oath keeper, one of the oath keepers of the uh, group oathkeepers.org. Somebody who is, works in the controller agencies, the controller institutions, and has taken an oath that he's not going to violate the U.S. Constitution because he swore an oath to protect it. 
Well, why do I say that this is a tent-picture philosophy, or ideology, I should say? Well, it's because it doesn't go far enough. See, what I mean by a tent-picture is in the journey up the great mountain to the consciousness of the gods, symbolically, up this mountain, the mountain is a gigantic thing that needs to be overcome. It's all of the ways that we formerly thought. It's all of the ways we formerly felt and formerly acted. And in that journey, most people say, wow, look at how tall that sucker is. I'm not going up there. I'm comfortable right here. Oh, I have food down here. I have a place to rest down here. Why bother? I'm not even going to start that journey. And that's where most people are at. And the occultists of this world that own this place for all intents and purposes because we've let them own it and we've given all of our personal responsibility and power over them and they are occultists, dark occultists. They call those people the dead. The dead. And I've mentioned this many times on the show and will continue to mention it. And in coming weeks, we will be getting into the occult, deeply into different occult philosophies and ideologies. But in this journey, most people never begin, and that's why the occultists call them the dead. They also call them the unbegun, meaning the non-initiated, those who have not even started, the unbegun. Then there's another class of people who say they know, they know, they think to themselves, they've taken in a little bit of information, and that could be a dangerous thing, and they say, I'm going to start this journey. I see the mountain. I'm aware that it's there, and I'm aware that I shouldn't stay down here. I want a better perspective. I want a higher view. I want to attain higher consciousness. But then when they start making that journey and they see how difficult it really is, and they see how perilous it can become and they see how frightful the view can be because the view from up there when you turn around and look back on the valley below and see the dead isn't a pleasant one it's a brutal one so what they say is you know what I've made it this far. I don't want to necessarily turn around and go back down with the dead, but I'm not going any further. This is far enough. And they take out their tent, their little tent out of their backpack, going up the mountain of enlightenment, and they set it up. They set up camp about a third of the way up the mountain, and they say, this far and no further. This far and no further. And they think, erroneously, that that's all they need to do. And that they're going to have happiness and peace and prosperity and freedom as a result of their partial journey. Well, good luck to you, because it doesn't work that way. You want to still believe in institutions that are about based in control, and you want to still believe that that aspect can be pumped into 
the, the external reality in which you live through you and you can still manifest freedom? Once again, I've explained it with different metaphors. That's like continuing to pour a flammable material onto a fire that's already raging and saying, watch, I'm putting this fire out. Yeah, you'll see. It's going to go out any minute. Yeah, I keep pouring a highly flammable material right on top of it. But trust me, that's going to put it out. Just wait. Just wait. It'll happen any second. Any second. You just wait and watch, and that fire will be put out soon. Well, enjoy that. Enjoy that rat maze. Enjoy that hamster wheel that you're going to be going on around in forever. Forever. Because you don't want to acknowledge the forces of nature that create what you get. You don't want to understand how they work. We've talked about these on the show. Go back and listen to former podcasts. We've talked about them extensively. You want to keep adding control to a situation which is based in fear. That's what the dynamic of control, of trying to externally control a situation, a person, an event, that's what it's based upon. It's based upon fear. You're not confronting it. You're not trying to solve it from the causal level. You're simply doing, trying to do something about the effect. And the law of cause and effect does not work that way. And it's, it's literally like I'm screaming to an inanimate object. Because people are so rooted in their own ego that they're not wrong. That's all they're really concerned about. They can't let go to say a con- the whole control institution and hierarchy is what's wrong. This doesn't create goodness in the world. This just tries to, to mask the symptom of badness. All the people who are acting in a bad way. We'll round them up or put them in a cage or beat on them or shoot them. You're not addressing the causal factors at all. It's putting a bandage on a self-inflicted wound that has to do with what that person became because of what they took into themselves, namely the garbage that's in the media and in our food and water. And then we want to say, because they exhibit behaviors that we don't like and that we don't want to be around, that we're going to simply just put them in cages and that's going to make everything better? Well, guess what? You don't un- people who are in that mindset, you don't understand anything about how you are creating your reality. Zero. Zero. You're completely uneducated about what really creates what you experience. And as long as you stay in that consciousness, more and more bad things are going to happen to you. So get as offended about it as you like. I think it's a horrible, terrible, unacceptable thing that should not be tolerated that someone's child was removed from them. But this is a symptom, another symptom of what people refuse to look at, of ignorance. It's a symptom of ignorance. And this happens for a reason. It doesn't happen for no reason or by accident or by chance. Nothing does. We are the causal creators of what we are experiencing. 
And I'm not saying anybody deserves that. That's not, I'm not using that word. I'm saying through what we accept, think, feel, believe, and act upon, the reality that we are creating external to ourselves, which means the reality that we have to experience in the physical domain in which we live, and guess what? Unless you can figure out a way to get out of this universe, and if you do, please email me and let me know, okay? That's the universe you're going to be living in. Because that's the one thing that is. That's why they call it a universe, the one change. And it's either going to be changed into a heaven or a hell, and that's up to us. We have all of that power to do that. It's not something that is happening to us. We are co-creators with those forces, and those two forces, and it's real simple. It's a gigantic Hegelian dialectic. The two forces are love and fear. That's it, and we've talked about this almost too much. So please go back and listen to the shows that are based upon these topics, the actual polarities that shape the world, love or fear. And if we're choosing control, we're choosing fear. That's it, period. It, it, it can't get any simple, simpler than that. It doesn't get any simpler than that. And when you understand that, deeply, deeply understand that. Not just skirt it, not just hear about it for somebody else. When you understand how that law works, you take responsibility for what you are creating through those forces. Personal responsibility. And that means if you're advocating control of any kind, control, period, period, for, and justifying it for any reason, doesn't matter. Well, okay, we need to control this person because he's acting like this or because he's doing this or because that's happening. You're not getting down to the base causal factors of why people even act the way that they do. And therefore, you're wandering blind. And you do not understand the forces that you're working with to create your reality. And therefore, bad things are going to continue to happen to you and everybody else. And it, it's, it's, look, there's nothing to get upset and offended about. You're, but getting offended at me for saying this, if anybody is, you're attacking the messenger of somebody who is trying to come and say, you know, the reason that people got so sick in years in, in centuries past is because they didn't understand that there was such a thing as microbes and germs because they couldn't see them until uh, microscopes were invented. And somebody going to them and saying, look, you're getting sick because these things are around you and there's unsanitary conditions. And th they would actually literally, they might torture somebody for saying that in the past. Now it's common knowledge. It's common sense. But somebody in the past saying that could have been interpreted as a a witch or, you know, uh, some kind of a Satanist or a, you know, a wizard, you know? Oh, what you're talking about is magic. It's demons. No, there's these little germs, really. They live on your skin and all around you. Yeah, crucify him. Throw him in a lake with a rock attached to his leg. And it's the same thing today. Because people have established, set up, rooted beliefs that are wrong, by the way. They're, they're erroneous beliefs about how the universe actually works. And then they stay so attached to that that 
come hell or high water, they're going, to, they're going to live like that, and they're going to simply continue to do what they're doing. And I've tried to, I've tried to work with a group like Oath Keepers, folks. I've said this before on the show, and I'll, I'll be, try to be calm about it and, and explain. I've written formal, formal letters of introduction, sent them emails, calmly in, in, explained to them my credentials, what I do, the videos I've, I've produced and put out there, and the, the presentation that I give, and no response. And the reason is they want to believe that from their perspective, way, way down, not even a third up maybe on that mountain, that journey, that that's all there is. And they want to think it's all political. They want to think it's just a matter of tweaking a couple of things in government and control institutions, and then we'll be totally free. And you know what? You're wrong. You don't understand the forces you work with. When it comes to the, the actual true causal factors of what creates your reality, you have, you have the total awareness of a child comparatively. And I, I get it all offended, get, get nuts about it, bang on the desk, bang on the walls, break the doors down in your house. It doesn't make a difference because this isn't my information. Okay, get, get, come and whoever wants to come and try and attack me, I don't care. I don't care about my life or my body. If I did, I wouldn't be doing this. I'm speaking the truth because that's what I'm charged to do, period, the end, and nothing's going to stop me of that. Physical death, torture, it doesn't matter. You can torture everybody I know. You're not dealing with a person who's partially, has partial awareness. You're dealing with a person who has the eye open. You're not going to control me. Because once that true insight is delivered into the soul of a being, they're uncontrollable. So get as offended as you like, get as violent about it as you like. It doesn't make a difference. It's all meaningless. You still lack the information that could liberate you and could free you and could stop things like this from happening. But you want to believe in a control institution. You want to think that that's going far enough, that that's not setting up, you know, another controlled oppositional paradigm. Well, good luck. Enjoy what you get and enjoy what you already have and get as offended about it as you like. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to belabor the point. Oath Keepers doesn't want to understand the occult. Oath Keepers doesn't want to understand that there's a spiritual component to this. Neither does police and police. See, another part of it is they want to, they want to accept that this aspect of the New World Order from simply a, a, a Christian Book of Revelations paradigm. That's the other thing, because they're stuck in the exoteric cover stories of religion. That's the other thing that's holding them back, Right? They'll talk about the Federal Reserve and the uh, encroachment into the li civil liberties of people in America, but they won't talk about religion as astrotheology. They won't talk about the, what their religion ultimately is, is the Babylonian mystery tradition with a new name. It's Mystery Babylon with a new name, but no, can't accept that. 
And I'm all for living the way that the words attributed to Jesus in the Bible say that someone should live. Because that's what enlightenment ultimately is about. Treating your fellow being as yourself. Well, being a controller isn't doing that. You can think it is all you want. It will never be doing that. And I'll tell you that that's the case. If no one else will, I'll tell you that. So, people want to think they're going to continue to add a polarity of fear and get something different. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get freedom as a result of control. It won't happen through proper moral education. It won't happen through understanding the truth and developing both hemispheres of the brain such that we can accurately determine truth from falsehood. It'll happen from letting people believe whatever nonsense they want to believe and then locking them in cages when they act like idiots. Yeah, that's how it'll happen. Good luck with that. You let me know how that works out for you. And when you're done with that, I'll be here to tell you how it really works. How about that? How about we just make an agreement and that go our separate ways? So that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's get back into the media and how it's a controlled paradigm because so few people actually own it. Well, hey, if you want to consolidate what information people get to see or hear and keep out whatever info you don't want them to hear, you need to centralize those sources of information. You need to do that by conglomerating them, buying out companies, creating more and more centralization of power over that information or lack of information as it may be. How many companies own what we get largely get to see and hear if you don't go to alternative sources? And that's the solution to this problem is going to alternative sources of information. But so few people even understand that those exist or how to do that or how to search for that information because they've been so dumbed down. And they don't have the will. It, it, it's hard work. It's not, it's not called the great play, folks, in case you didn't figure that out yet. It isn't called the great playground, right? It's not called the great vacation. It isn't called the great leisure. It's called the great work, because it takes work to change yourself. It takes work to change your mind. It takes work to change your emotions. It takes work to change your behavior. It takes work to take in different information from an eclectic variety of sources to get the big picture. And not enough people have that picture. Not enough people have that picture. And here's the main reason. The U.S. media landscape is dominated by six massive corporations six massive corporations through a history of mergers and acquisitions. They have concentrated their control over what we see, hear, and read. In many cases, these giant companies are vertically integrated, controlling everything from initial production to final distribution. I'm reading from a document from a... I don't remember what the website is, but I will post it in the podcast section this week for, uh, with this show. Here are the six companies that are controlling what most people in the world, pretty much, but particularly in the, in the United States, get to see 
or here. General Electric. General Electric media-related holdings include television networks NBC and Telemundo, Universal Pictures, Focus Features, 26 television networks in the United States, and cable net- the cable networks MSNBC, Bravo, and the Sci-Fi Channel. GE also owns 80% of NBC Universal. That's company number one. Company number two is Walt Disney. Walt Disney Company owns the ABC television network, cable networks including ESPN, the Disney Channel, SoapNet, A&E, Lifetime, 277 radio stations, music and book publishing companies, Production companies such as Touchstone, Miramax, Walt Disney Pictures, Pixar Animation Studios, the cellular service Disney Mobile, and theme parks around the world. Company number three, News Corp. News Corporation's media holdings include the Fox Broadcasting Company, television and cable networks such as Fox, Fox Business Channel, National Geographic, FX, Print publications including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, TV Guide, magazines Barron's, Smart Money, book publisher Harper Collins, film production companies 20th Century Fox, Fox Search, Searchlight Pictures, and Blue Sky Studios, numerous websites including MarketWatch.com, non media holdings include the National Rugby League. Company number four. Time Warner. Time Warner is the largest media conglomerate in the world. Their holdings include CNN, the CW, which is a joint venture with CBS, HBO, Cinemax, Cartoon Network, TBS, TNT, America Online, MapQuest, Movie Phone, Warner Brothers Pictures, Castle Rock, New Line Cinema, more than 150 magazines, including Time, Sports Illustrated, Fortune, Marie Claire, and People. Company number five, Viacom. Viacom's Viacom's holdings include MTV, Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, VH1, BET, Comedy Central, Paramount Pictures, Paramount Home Entertainment, Adam Entertainment, music and game developer Harmonix. Viacom 18 is a joint venture with the Indian media company Global Broadcast News. CBS. CBS Corporations owns CBS Television Network, CBS Television Distribution Group, the CW, which is a joint venture with Time Warner, Showtime, book publisher Simon & Schuster, 30 television stations, CBS Radio Incorporated, which has 130 radio stations, is now the leading supplier of video to Google's new video marketplace. You add to that Reuters, which basically controls all of the wire services and media that comes over the radio and television, and you have pretty much a complete monopoly over what just about every living mind, particularly in this country, get to see hear and read on a daily basis and if you don't think that that's true you are a naive naive human being 
Start to research owners of these companies and some of the beliefs that they have. Like Ted Turner, who's a eugenicist, thinks that there should be population control like Bill Gates, you know, who basically owns the computing world for the most part and thinks that people should be basically their numbers should be reduced through vaccinations. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks because food and drugs are going to be the next topic of discussion starting next week. I see we have a couple callers, so let's go. Caller from Southwest Ohio, you're on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Checking in from Cincinnati, it's Bob, Mark. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Bob, good to hear from you. I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I I sense uh, some frustration there, Mark. Let me say this, and we'll just get it off the table. Mark, you're you're part of a fourth dimensional reality. Okay, you you are encountering obviously people who have not who who barely hit two dimensions and sometimes three on a lucky day. Yes. Don't don't even you dude. You are so beyond this, and I hate to be so. Uh, uh, colloquial or, you know, lackadaisical about all this, but I'm just trying to tell you straight up. Uh, you're four-dimensional. These people are two-dimensional. Enough said. Moving on. Um, the term social engineering, they're trying to re-engineer that term. I'm not even going to tell you what they're, they're trying to define it as, but I want people to remember, Mark is right, social engineering is defined as th- those tools used by a certain force in society that attempts to shape your reality through your behavior modification and through other I, I won't I'll let people define it you know look for the real meaning it's on those lines but but don't let them redefine that word they're trying to make it some kind of a uh, 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 term where people are are seeking uh, financial information in an unwarranted or illegal manner and that's ridiculous right. Uh, so, absolutely so, right so it just, is about it is about behavioral control. That's what social engineering is ultimately about. Yes, it, it defining uh, or getting in there and, and manipulating society in all of its facets, you know, all the way down to, to street signs, all the way down to uh, what's in the water system. Uh, uh, well, maybe if we put a little more of this, they'll be a little less aggressive. Uh, uh, how about that? And if people don't think that meetings like that don't occur, you do not understand the reality we're living in. It's Five past midnight, guys. It's yep. late in the game, and Mark is trying to tell it. And most of us who hear this on a regular basis on this show, I know you're out there with me. We know this already. But there is a vast majority who just do not get it. Start sharing it with a clarion call, letting people know that it is five past midnight. We have no time. And Mark is, is helping to wake us up. Mark, two, two things, and I'm going to get out of here and let sure. other people talk to you. The great work uh, is defined by Mark Passio, and if I get it wrong, readjust me, to, to go and to the world and share with people that their consciousness is creating and co-creating the reality they live in. And that That's is right. powerful, Mark. Thank you for saying that. That, Mark, as you already know, is the way of the alchemist. And Mark is fighting the way of the sorcerer who is manipulating our consciousness and our metaphysical and also now our physical reality on a daily basis. This chemtrail spraying has started back up again with a great fervor across the nation on this October 
October of 2010, and I'm angry again, Mark. I can't stand it. it it's way deeper than what we're even perceiving it as. Uh, it's more than just spray and poison on us, ladies and gentlemen. There is a consciousness component to this. It's, it's manipulating the whole thing. And, and uh, 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 God bless you, Mark, for keeping this show on the air. And I've got a question. Uh, sure. the, uh, the opening of the third eye. Uh, this is a powerful, I, I think this gets to the core of esotericism in some way, my being tells me, but is this just a metaphysical reality, or does it also take on a physical component, uh, this opening of the third eye? And thank you, Mark, uh, once again, for what you're speaking about. It is so powerful and is so on track. Don't ever forget, we, we who are listening to you out here and who are conscious and aware and paying our attention to, to your program, don't forget that, that, that that's who, who the level of where you're trying to move on. Don't, don't keep looking back down that mountain, Mark. Do not pay those people any attention. If they're going to get it, they're going to get it. A seed's been planted and move on, sir. Thank you. Good night, Mark. Bob, I thank you so much. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Bob from Cincinnati, uh, to, to respond to your question, traditionally the third eye is a symbolic representation of the balancing of the left and right brain hem hemispheres and the coming together of those qualities, those um, functions of the two hemispheres of the brain into a more uh, holistic, unified way of thinking and being in the world. And that is symbolically represented by the awakening of the pineal gland, which is the, located in the very center, the very physical center, physiological center of the brain and the head. Now, what, whether there's a physical component to this, if there is, I would say that it is that gland, which is considered the third eye vortex. It's considered the third eye chakra. Okay, It's the, um, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the chakra. It is the, uh, uh, it'll come to me. Um, but that, that, that chakra center, the third eye chakra, is, represents when the pineal gland actually starts to become actively involved in sending signals to other areas of the brain. So if there is a physical component and it is not just purely a spiritual, uh, an aspect of spiritual symbology, I would say that the pineal gland actually starts to uh, awaken from its dormant mode, which it is kept in throughout most of human beings' lives. The, the pineal gland is often heavily calcified. It has a layer of calcium deposit literally over the top of the gland. However, this gland is connected to the brain through a blood vessel, and uh, more blood flows through this uh, 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 gland than any other component of the brain. The, the pineal gland, um, it looks like a little pine cone, and it is surrounded traditionally in most people's brains by a, a thin layer of, of calcified deposits. People say that this is what prevents it from actively engaging other areas of the brain and opening up the, let's, for example, say the intuitive capacities of people to be able to uh, bring all this information and then understand in a holistic sense what is happening not only within themselves, but in the world that they're living in. So that is the physical component to the symbolism of the third eye. There is a very, very good little tiny, tiny, tiny book 
that uh, someone in the Philadelphia area is putting out about this and about alchemy in general. It's called Better Living Through Alchemy. And um, I don't have it digitally. Digitally, I don't have the digital uh, copy of it as a PDF. But it's so good that what I think I'll do since uh, Bob brought this up on the show today is I think I will post it. I'll type it out, actually. Actually, physically type it out over the next day or two and post it as a document because I think it's so valuable for people to read this document and help them to understand what the process of alchemy really is and what the goal of alchemy really is, what it's really trying to create. What it's trying to awaken is a more accurate way of putting it. Now, this book is called Better Living Through Alchemy. It is put out in a couple of uh, esoteric bookstores in this area. I don't know who publishes it, but what I will say about who publishes it, and it is not me or anyone I know, okay, is that they are an enlightened person. And I thank them for putting out this little gem. It's about 10 pages long, not even. And what I would say is that this person, whoever it may be, really understands. They really, really understand. And I thank them for putting this uh, little gem out to people. Now, um, here's what I'll do. And I was actually just kicking around this idea, thinking about it as... Uh, someone re-brought this book to my attention recently. I think I'll make it a contest, okay? I'll put, put this up on the site, and to whoever is the first caller who gives the answer to the riddle in this book, there's a riddle. It's called the alchemical riddle. Whoever gives the answer, and I don't care how you went about finding it, whoever gives the right answer to the alchemical riddle that is contained in the book, I will give a free ticket to both days of the Free Your Mind conference too. Now, you have to be able to make it out physically in the Philly area to, to receive them. So um, if you're interested in that as a prize, I'll do a little contest over the next uh, couple of weeks. I'll post it to the site over the next couple of days. Whoever can answer the, the, the question to the alchemical riddle contained in this little book that is ultimately about the third eye, or the one eye, uh, as Bob uh, brought up, and the, as I alluded to earlier, to the, to the caller. The first, you have to be a caller, no email. You have to call into the show and give the answer on the air. Whoever can answer it, this, this contest will start next week, okay? You get a free ticket for each day of the Free Your Mind conference. One, one person, free ticket for both Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, and uh, we'll start that contest here on the air next week. Okay, so we have another caller, so here we go. Callers take precedence. Uh, thanks for being patient. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania, you are on What on Earth is Happening? Go. Hey, Mark, it's Chris. Chris, how are you? Mark, I'm sorry about what happened last week. I don't know what happened, but I got cut off. But uh, anyway, another great yeah, show let me, tonight. Chris, let, let me address that real quick. Talk shoe went out on me for a second time, um, and uh, luckily I am recording all of the uh, the content locally. I have a piece of uh, software technology that records everything right here, so I didn't lose very much. Um, but talk shoe cut out, and interestingly, uh, before I, I let you continue, 
it was the, the second time talk shoe cut out like this. The first time, the topic was the Federal Reserve System, and the second time, the topic was the taxation system. I find that highly interesting. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Mark, a um, couple things. There's a movie, I find um, knowledge through movies. I guess I'm lazy in some sense, but I also like to, to, to get the picture of the, the hidden messages, and this one isn't really that hidden. There's a movie that came out in 1976 called Network, and that movie talks about exactly what you're talking about with the media controlling what people believe to be the yes. truth and the dangers as, as the media grows more powerful. Um, the second thing I want to mention, a different, different topic, is when you mentioned the pineal gland and how yes. that is involved in opening up the third eye. Um, I found it interesting in my research that there's a huge picture, or a huge statue, I think it's the biggest in the world, of a pine cone-shaped um, object in the Vatican or near the Vatican. And it is called the court, it is, Chris, it is called the Court of the Pine Cone, and it is the largest statue of a pine cone in the world. And this is centered in the outside court, outside of the Vatican, and the reason it is there is because they are actually paying homage to the spiritual gland, the third eye uh, chakra. Uh, and it, it, is, um, it is a symbolic representation of the third eye, and that is true. It is in the Vatican. Anyone can confirm this by typing into a, a search online, the court of the pine cone. Yeah, I found that very interesting that that that, that would be hidden in in a, in a or or at a, in the Vatican, and also you know I also find the obelisk in the center of, of the Vatican also interesting as well. But that's another story. The um, you mentioned that um, better living through alchemy. Um, I look at alchemy uh, as a um, a process of of in search of spiritualization, and in, in other words, increasing your spirituality, or, or at least in our case, finding it once again. Is, is that right. accurate? Is that accurate? That's very accurate. That's exactly what it is, really. And this little pamphlet or book, however you want to look at it, it's a little um, uh, self-bound book. Someone, you know, bound it with uh, needle and thread by hand. It's it's really great. Um, they, they have it uh, over at Germ Books. That's where I got it. But I, I've seen it in a couple of other uh, bookstores in the area, and it is just brilliant. And uh, it, it is made with care. And the, the, the person who made it really, really understands the deep aspects of what alchemy is. And you can tell that immediately by reading it if you know anything about alchemy. And that is what alchemy is. Alchemy is about spiritual transformation. It is about changing the, um, the base consciousness of people and helping to be an assistant in that change. And only they could do it. Ultimately, again, you're just an assistant. An alchemist is really just an assistant in that process. The person is making a one-on-one -on -one relationship with the divine creator, regardless of what force that happens to be for them in, in their own uh, uh, analysis. And they are connecting with that higher power, and then they're using that to go up higher in consciousness. But again, it is something that the, the alchemist himself is an assistant in that process. He doesn't actually do that work. He assists in it. And that's why I said the great work is ultimately putting out this information so that people can have it available for them so that they can help to change themselves. You aren't going to change anybody else. You can only be an influence for someone else to change themselves. Yeah, and, and that's what you're doing, and we all appreciate it. Can I ask you one more question real quick? Sure. This, this is, you may not have the answer, but I, I've been wondering about this. Um, 
I feel I am a sane person in an insane world. Um, most people would say I'm an insane person in a sane world. Uh, I know that I'm a sane person in an insane world. Now, my question is this. If most people in this world, 99%, don't understand what it means to be human or what, what spirituality is about, and as a result, they're going to go through this world again. They're going to get back on the ride, so to speak. I agree. What happens to us? I hope that God, I don't have to get back on this ride. But what, do you have any, any um, guesses or, or feelings as to what happens to the people who, are, um, who leave this world aware? Well, Chris, uh, you know, in Freemasonry, they consider, you know, the true Mason a traveler. You've heard the expression a traveler or a traveling man. Uh, and th this, is, this is related to the hope that when people get the lessons that are contained in this world, that they go to another place, maybe another planet, maybe another dimension or another reality, in which they do not have to suffer in the ways that uh, people seemingly need to suffer in this reality to wake from their trance. And I've, I ask the question, and I, do I know whether that is true? I, I don't. I, that is also my hope that that is the case because I don't want to be back here either. Um, however, some people, you know, there's this concept in Buddhism of the Bodhisattva. The Bodhisattva recognizes that there is suffering in any place in the universe and decides they will come and serve wherever that suffering is taking place. So maybe some people make a vow that they, as long as there are people suffering here, they will come back and be the teachers that are necessary for this place. And uh, I, I often wonder about how many people have made that vow or that, you know, uh, agreement. So I, I don't know for sure that's my take on it. I, um, you know, I listened to that last week, and I identified with what you said very clearly that, you know, this is torture. It, it's torture to know what we could be and recognize what we really are. And in that sense, ignorance is bliss. But, right. I mean, to see what humanity could be and, and the capabilities that we have and, and, and just we're like we can go 100 miles an hour, yet we're stuck doing 20, you know, we're stuck maybe doing 10 miles an hour in a maze that humanity just keeps repeating over and over. Right. It's, it's torture. It is mental torture. It's not physical torture. It's mental torture. They want to keep us in a base state of consciousness. They want to keep us with the third eye closed, not seeing the bigger picture. And it is, it is known as the Anya chakra. It just came to me. Uh, A-J-N-A, -A, Anya, the Anya chakra. Uh, that is what the third eye is called. Um, and, and they want to keep people in a state of spiritual blindness so that they can keep their control going over the people of the world so that they're sitting on easy street, not really having to do much, and other people are toiling and laboring, and that they attain a state of freedom. See, the, the, don't think that the dominators of this world are just purely malevolent, uh, non-spiritually aware people. That's not true. They are very aware of these concepts, and they exploit them, and they try to hold this knowledge, hoard it back, Hoard it and hold it back from people. That's why they've given people religion. They know that people understand intuitively and inherently that there's, there's an inherent spiritual component to their existence. But they need to give them something that's fake, a, a substitute, a proxy. Understand what the word proxy means. P-R-O-X-Y. People hear about this in the Internet. I'm surfing through a proxy. That means you're going through another channel that's routing it around. It's going all the way around, right? And then routing it to get you that information. 
Well, that's what religion is. It's a proxy for true spiritual development. They need, to, they need to give you something in disguise so that you'll accept it as the real thing. Because they can't give you the real thing. If they give you the real thing, game over. You know, If cops, even cops who think that obeying the Constitution is a good idea, if they understand that there's no such thing as authority in the three-dimensional space-time continuum, that it is only a claim of authority and the acceptance of a claim by people who don't know any better, they might actually wake up. They can't have that, so they've got to give these people religion. They've got to give them things like the Constitution. They've got to give you things that say, oh, okay, there's such a thing as individual rights, but here's a controller group that needs to make sure that those are protected. That's not your sovereign responsibility to make sure that your rights are protected. That's our responsibility. <laughs> See how that proxy works? Yeah. It's very subtle. It's very insidious. Religion is very insidious. It's giving you something as something else and telling you it's the real thing. And it's not the real thing. It's, I, figured it's, it's that out. I figured that out a long time ago intuitively. Uh, I, I just figured that religion, when I use my common sense, which is what we ought to do, I just figured religion was a way to get one man to do something another, another man wanted him to do that he otherwise right. wouldn't do. That's right. Now, don't get me wrong, Chris. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there is no spiritual truths that can be found in religions. I'm saying all of the dogma and exoteric cover stories that go along with the religion are accepted by people, and they're believing that to be true. Instead of going for the gold that is hidden way, way, way under a pile of garbage, you know, they're not going for that. They're accepting the cover story, and yet they're still living their lives in opposition with the true spiritual tenets that underlie all of that nonsense. But if they went deeper, even into something like Christianity or, or Buddhism or, uh, or, or Islam, if they went deeper into it, right? They the might find the problem that's is they're doing, they're spiritual the truth. They're doing the go same ahead. thing with the media. People turn to television and expect to get the truth in the media. Well, people expect to go to church with these priests and, and become spiritual or develop their spirituality. It, it's, they're, doing, they're, they're looking in the wrong place, the exact wrong place. Right. That's right, and that's what a dominator has to do. They have to guide you into the wrong place, and this is the whole uh, adage called the, the cul-de-sacs before the gold mine. You know, they need to guide you around these cul-de-sacs and get you going in circles, so saying, oh, this is all there is, stay in that little cul-de-sac and keep going around in a circle because they don't want you on the true road. They don't want you on the true road to real enlightenment, which is the knowledge that, Every individual is a sovereign being under the Creator, and there's no such thing as authority. does not exist. does not exist in the three-dimensional space-time continuum anywhere. You're not an authority of, over anything. That doesn't mean you don't have a right to defend yourself if your freedoms come under attack, but it doesn't mean you have the right to tell people what they can and cannot do based on the laws written down by a flawed person by, or a group of people. And that's what a controller is all about. It's saying, here's what the law is, and here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this regardless of whether it's true because I get my paycheck. And that's where most people's mindsets in the police and military are at. They're all about just following orders. Even the people who, again, are saying, I won't follow certain orders, don't understand. It isn't your responsibility to protect anyone's rights. It's 
people's general responsibility to grow in consciousness so that they have the ability to protect their own rights, and if they ever come under a threat, they know what the proper response is in their own experience, we don't, in their own responsibility. We don't need groups created amongst us. This is where the whole failing is. The whole failing in the system is that people said, what we'll do so we don't have to do this is we'll create groups that, that do this for us. Then the responsibility will be off of us and it will be charged to them. And that's where you started going into tyranny, when that idea crept into the consciousness of humanity. And people actually think that's a good idea, and it frees you. Cre creation of governments and controlling institutions free people from having to do this themselves? Well, guess what? I'll take having that responsibility any day over advocating it to a controller, because that responsibility doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to me. I, I understand that. It's natural. Mark, I'll, I'll let some other callers time uh, some other callers. But one thing I want to mention: I'm going to see David Ike this weekend. I think he's yes. another one that gets this stuff that really is enlightened. So I, if anyone I wants to, to go, I, I, he's at the Nokia Theater on Sunday, uh, starting at 11 o'clock in, in uh, Times Square, in New York City. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for making that announcement. That's right. David Icke will be speaking on the east coast of the United States for one of the first times. Um, he's going to be speaking in New York City at the Nokia Theater on uh, Sunday, um, uh, October 17th. Uh, if there's, I don't know if it's sold out yet, but if there's still tickets and people want to go check it out, uh, David Icke is a, a person who has tremendously inspired me. I think he is just bursting with courage to uh, do what he does, and, and this is one of the people who embody courage as far as I'm concerned. And I've read uh, 11 of his 16 or 17 books now. He just put out a new one uh, called Human Race, Get Off Your Knees. And I, I couldn't concur with that sentiment more. Uh, that's what we need to do. And it's got a lion on the cover. The lion represents courage. I would just like to connect this with media before I see we have another caller. Caller, if you're listening, please hold on. I'm going to get to you in one moment. Okay, great that people are calling in. Um, what is required here is courage. Courage to look beyond. Courage to go beyond the limited scope of what we happen to see and understand in this moment. And, and to continue to take in more information, not in fear, but in understanding and in trying to get to a place of wisdom, which is doing the right thing with what, that which we do deeply understand. So this is what people who are doing the work of the mainstream propagandists ultimately don't have. They don't have developed courage. If they had courage, they wouldn't be doing this. They're in the state of fear. That's the consciousness that even allows them to continue to do a job of a paid propagandist. I'm going to go on the air and put a false vision of reality out for people to take in so that they ultimately don't understand how they create their reality. Imagine what kind of a level of consciousness you have to be at to even do a job like that. And that's why they call it television, folks. Here's more green language. Tell a vision. They're telling you a vision about what the world actually is and what it's like, and it has nothing to do with reality, the actual reality. It has nothing to do with it. They're giving you their vision of what it is that's disempowering and keeps you under control. That's why they call it television. And it doesn't make a difference whether somebody did that deliberately. It's green language. It's the language, the actual language that we speak telling us things. 
to the subconscious mind all the time. They're telling a vision. You know, they're giving you a, a vision of reality through this medium. And that's called synchromysticism. Look it up. We've talked about it on the show before. It's fa- a fascinating topic of, 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 of discussion. It's a fascinating topic to look into. And green right, language well, falls, falls in with so it. Much. I'm going I'm to get going. I appreciate, your, appreciate your, all your knowledge and your, your effort. Chris, take care, man. Thanks, man. More. Bye-bye. There's Chris, Pennsylvania. Looks like the other caller... Uh, the other call didn't hang in there. I'm sorry I didn't get to you. Um, please be patient, folks, when, when you call in. I know, uh, you know, uh, people want to uh, voice their, their opinions, and you're always welcome to do that on the show. Uh, I think the callers to this show bring up some of the greatest topics and uh, uh, areas of interest, and I, I've said this before. I think I have the best callers in Internet radio. Um, so uh, sorry to that last caller that uh, didn't hang in there, but that's okay. Um, uh, uh, Chris brought, brought up the movie Network, and I think that's a phenomenal movie about the control of mass media. Um, everyone should see this movie. It's an older movie. I think it's from the 70s. It's from uh, 77 or something like that. And Network is just a brilliant, brilliant movie. And uh, Chris was saying he learns from movies in general, and I think there is a way to do that. Uh, movies, certain movies are allegories, A-L-L-E-G-O-R-Y, allegory. Look up that word. An allegory is a fictional story that tells a moral tale or lesson, teaches a moral lesson. And uh, this is used in different occult uh, societies and orders. Allegories are very important. They are stories which tell spiritual truths. So many movies that are produced in Hollywood are allegorical. And you can learn a lot from them if you have the discernment to pick apart the symbolism and, you know, the actual uh, root lesson that it is trying to teach. Uh, again, network is one of them. I think uh, Avatar was one of the greatest allegories of our time. That's why it was so wildly popular. A movie that's not going to teach a lesson is not going to get that wildly popular as Avatar was. Star Wars was another. Lord of the Rings. These are allegorical movies. There's tons of them. Um, a, a book that I'd like to recommend to people to study about the uh, mass control techniques of the media and other institutions and mind control in general is Jim Keith's book, Mass Control, which was written in 1999, and Jim Keith has since died. But it's a brilliant book that outlines very simply the techniques of mind control and the agencies that are doing this and how the media is controlled. Uh, there's a lot of information on that. It's called Mass Control. Mass Control by Jim Keith, K-E-I-T-H. I can't recommend that one enough. These big six companies that we've been talking about control 96 percent of the totality of information that people get to see, hear, and read on a daily basis. Imagine that. It is almost a complete monopoly. 96% is controlled by six institutions. If people think that that is acceptable, they are completely insane. And that connects with something... Chris talked about, yes, 
you are a sane person in an insane world, not the other way around. The problem is insanity is so widespread that the insane believe that they are the sane and that the sane are the insane. I know that's a tongue twister, but think about it. The problem is is that insanity is so widespread that the insane of the world actually believe that they are okay, that they are sane, and that the people who have actually healed themselves and become sane in this insane world are the ones who are insane. That's what's going on, and you're accurate about that, Chris. Uh, it's not the other way around, okay? So we talked about the... the ownership of media. Another thing Chris brought up is the controlled opposition. You know, people think that they're informed by some of the media outlets they're going to go and listen to. Oh, well, you know, when there was a crazed skull and bonesman in the White House, George Bush, the left was freaking out, you know, and the controlled opposers were on MSNBC going nuts on Bush. Now that there's a Democrat in the White House, all of the leftists in this controlled fake paradigm of left versus right, conservative versus liberal, Democrat versus Republican, you know, all the leftists are saying, oh, well, how wonderful. Barack Obama is our president now. Now you have the voices rising up of the right, like uh, O'Reilly and Hannity and uh, uh, Limbaugh. You know, and even Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck to a certain extent is telling people some truths about what's going on, but he won't talk about the Federal Reserve. He won't talk about the occult. Because, one, the people who own these corporations are controlled by the financial institutions. Their stocks are traded on Wall Street. You know, they're totally in bed with these people with these financial sorcerers. Therefore, they're not going to say anything against their owners. And that's all these people ultimately are. They have owners. They're people who are pets. They're pets. I've said this before in a strong language, but it's the truth. These people are pets. Like a dog, a lap dog, on someone's lap with a leash around their neck, owned wholly, totally owned and controlled. They won't dare say anything against their owners. They wouldn't dare. So they'll give people a little bit of truth and they'll sell them more religious sentiment. But to look at the ultimate aspects of what's going on, never. You'll never get that on the controlled media paradigm. See, it's all about getting people's worldview in the darkest place imaginable. See, they'll always this this goes, connects to a topic, uh, this part of what I'm going to talk about connects to a topic that we talked about on this show as another method of mind control. It's called worldview poisoning. We talked about this many weeks ago. And they need to poison your view of what human nature is. They need to poison your view of the value of the individual and get you to think that you're a number, that you're your bank account or the type of lifestyle you live or the clothes you wear, or the car you drive, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum on a million different 
aspects of how people live. They need you to be worldview poison in the aspect of believing that change is possible or where power comes from. They never want you to understand it comes from within you. They always want you to think power is an external thing that you have none of and that other people are completely in control of. And that it all happens through control. That's what power is. So on the mainstream media, you'll hear everything having to do with dark aspects of human nature. And this isn't what human nature is. This is what human condition is. Conditioning. People behave the way they do, not because it is their nature, but it is because they are conditioned in those modalities of consciousness to behave that way. Through the lack-based society the control of resources, the control of food, the control of information, because that's what we form ourselves through. They don't want you to know. You determine what your nature is by how you form yourself, by what you take into yourself that is made of information. Food is made of information. Information itself, media what are you going to take in? What are you going to form yourself with? That's why people are uninformed. They are not inwardly formed. They have not shaped who they are. They have not shaped themselves inwardly. It's all in the language, folks. Well, this will creep into things over many weeks. It's all about green language. Green language, understanding what the language is saying to you. It's encoded right into the words we speak. But for you to see it, you have to be green. And that means green in the mind, opening up that third eye, not being in the extremes of left brain or right brain, left brain being the red frequencies, right brain being the blue frequencies. Right brain, people are acceptors. They lay down, they accept, they're passive. Totally left-brain people are controllers, dominators. We talked about how these color frequencies go to work. You watch a sporting event, you'll see more red than blue. You watch the news broadcast, you'll see more blue than red. That's just how it works. And this is deliberate. They know. The people putting these things together, they know how it works because they're occultists at the highest levels of the controller, the controllers of media at the highest levels. And I'll tell you, one of the main groups involved is the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. And if you don't think that people in the CIA are shaping the media that we get to see and hear, you're nuts. And if you don't think that CIA members are on the payroll of every major news institution, you're crazy. Read Jim Keats' book. He exposes a lot of it. There's other good ones out there. But his is a great primer. The CIA is highly connected with the media institutions. They basically control them at the highest levels because they are mind manipulators. They are propagandists. And they are shaping what people think of not only themselves but other people as well. And that's why you'll see murders litter the news. You'll see every form of violence You'll see about, hear about riots, about uprisings, about murder, about man's inhumanity to man in every way that it can be covered. And if they're not feeding you that, they're feeding you more fear. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. 
This storm is going to get you. Wildfires are going to get you. Hurricanes coming. Snowstorm. It's going to shut everything down. Constant, constant drip of fear. Because they need to justify their existence by feeding you horrid views of human nature. Oh, if there wasn't such horrid human nature, maybe we wouldn't need government. The whole thing, if people were angels, we wouldn't need government. Yeah, you wouldn't need to try to internally control the mind if we were already angels. We would already have the control over our own minds. Because that's what government means, mind control. Gubernare mente. Gubernare mente. To control the mind. When you break down the word government in Latin. Guverna. Guberna. Gubernare. It means to control. A gubernatorial election. And then mente, mind. To control the mind. And that's all this is ultimately about. As we've said, it's, a, it's a, one of their methodologies of mass mind control. Yeah, well, if we had true control within ourselves over our minds, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be under government's control. External imposition of violence. The initiated use of force, which no one has the right to do for what they want to happen, initiating violence. You don't have that natural law right. We've talked about this, the difference between violence and force. There is a right to use force in certain circumstances. It's when your natural law rights are being violated. You have the right to use force to put down that rebellion against your rights. What you don't have the natural law right to do is initiate force when it is undue. When you haven't been attacked, when your rights haven't been violated, you don't have a right to initiate force against somebody else. That's called violence. That's the difference between violence and force. Violence is force being initiated when you don't have the right. Force is simply using your ability to use physical force when you do have the right. Big difference between those two things. And that's another thing the media wants you to just lay down and accept, that you never have the right to use force that that belongs to a subgroup of people called the government, that they have a monopoly on force. And it's not true. It isn't true. It never has been true. It never will be true. I'm not advocating going out and being violent. I'm saying you have a right to, if violence is being perpetrated upon you, to use force to put that violence down. And you always did and always and still do and always will. But ultimately, they want to feed you the, knowledge, the, the, the perception. They're shaping the perception. Humans are always bad. You have no power. And you need us to protect you. And that we should be your protector. And you should give the responsibility to be your own protector away to somebody else. You should give your responsibility to te- morally teach and educate your young about what natural law rights actually are. And know the difference between what you have the right to do and what you do not have the right to do. Give away that responsibility to a controller class and then let them protect you as long as they can take whatever freedoms away from you in the process. But no, cops will insist it's not that way. Soldiers will insist it's not that way. And you know what? Go right ahead and insist it. You're the ones who are ultimately going to pay the ultimate consequence about it. You're the ones who are ultimately going to get hurt the worst. 
And you already are, because they're soft-killing your children. We're going to talk about how they do that next week. So if you're a controller and you're listening, check out the show next week. We're going to talk about all the ways you're poisoned, all the ways your children are poisoned. What would would it take, folks? What would it take to awaken these people? What would it take? Their children are being taken away from them. They're still not awake. Imagine. What else do you need to wake up to the real truth of the matter? The fluoride in the water apparently has a lot to do with why you're not waking up. Maybe the thimerosal in your vaccine that you got as a child or that you're giving to your own kids. Go right on ahead. Stick them. Stick them with the poison that you're going to inject into them because the media told you it was okay and you didn't research it on your own. Good luck with that. And then people will wonder why my kid is sick, why I have a crap life, why I'm always depressed, why, you know, why my husband beats me, why, why my wife left me. Why my kid just got taken away from me. Keep wondering about it. Let me know when you figure it out. Because that's the other part of it. No matter how bad somebody's life is, no matter how bad, you know, on the completely wrong road they are and how many horrible things are being made happen to them, that can always be quelled. The controllers, the mind controllers can always quell that and get you to think it's something else creating it. Hitler knew this better than anybody else. And I, I'm not quoting this as if I'm proud of this statement, but he's right, and it's true. I mean, you know, horrible, sick, twisted, evil freaks can make true statements, you know. You know? It, it isn't an, that I'm advocating what he's saying. I'm simply saying this statement that, that I'm about to read is true that Hitler made. He said that through clever and constant application of propaganda, people can be made to see paradise as hell and also the other way around, to consider the most wretched sort of life as a paradise. And that's the job of the media, folks, to convince you that everything is okay. And when, they, when they're not dealing you complete fear, they'll sell you distraction at every turn. Who did this celebrity marry? You know, what's going on in Hollywood? Oh, the game, the big game is on. That's another part of the media. Bread and circuses. So that you don't see what's really going on around you. And this isn't even journalism. What what is this? This is pure nonsense, distraction. These are child's games. And this is uh, paying attention to complete nonsense like a child. It's, it, it's treating people like a child, which is, sadly, that's what they've become. That's what they've been conditioned into, and because they have no spiritual strength to combat it, because of the information they get to hear and see, they keep taking it in. They can't get enough. They can't get it in fast enough. It's like, forget sipping it, forget a straw. They, they need like a bucket, you know, a hose right in the mouth. They can't get it fast enough. Please give me more, more, more. Gorge me on it. Anything but look at the self. Anything but look at the self and your own actions, behaviors, opinions, thoughts, emotions. Don't look at that. Don't understand true selfhood. Don't understand consciousness. Always go to the external source. And if you can't understand it there, go to the distraction. 
poison the worldview, get people to think people are all horrible animals and need to be put in cages, need to be controlled. Because, see, if you think that way, you're never going to improve yourself enough to teach people the truth and really better them through the process of alchemy. You're never going to understand natural law, what you really have the right to do and do not have the right to do. And you're going to keep accepting this bogus ideology of control. And guess what? Sadly, that's the place the police and military against the New World Order are at. That's the place Oath Keepers are at. And I'm one of the only people that will come on and say this, that you're tent pitchers. So any representatives want to come on the show? You go right ahead and contact me. You want me to help you understand this information and teach it to the people in your organizations? I'll do it for free. I'm not about money. I'm about truth. So you get in touch. And I've tried to get in touch with people, and they don't want to know what I'm saying. They don't want to hear about it. You want, they want to believe their nonsense religion, the, the cover story, not even the true esoteric deep wisdom tradition that can be found once you strip away all the nonsense, okay? They don't want to know that. They want to believe in their astrotheological BS, okay? And they want to, to continue to accept that control is the answer in whatever form. Understand true sovereignty? No. Understand true spirituality? No. Under, be, be, become enlightened? No. Just let me stay in my box. I like my box. My box is comfortable. And I know my words are harsh. I'm aware. I, I don't need to be told that I, my words are harsh and can be abrasive to some people. Good. That's what you need. You don't need somebody telling you what you're doing is okay, because it's not. I mean, you know, let's have some actual discernment about this. The reason the world is still a mess is because you haven't really changed your actions. And you really haven't changed the way you think. And the responsibility should firmly be placed upon the people of the world. It is not the dominators. It is not the occultists, ultimately, who are doing this. If anything, their actions are, should be massively waking up people in larger and larger numbers. Because it's becoming so ridiculous, the things that they do, that it's almost laughable. And still people don't want to see it because they don't want the responsibility that goes along with seeing it. That's what it's ultimately about, folks. I'm going to continue to hammer that notion on this show because what is needed to, to deal with that responsibility, and this is the thing I'm going to continue to bring in, okay? This is going to be continuously gone over and over and over, okay? The real thing that needs to be developed is courage. That's what's ultimately lacking. That's why people go and lie for a living. That's why people go and become controllers for a living. They're in fear. You can't do that job if you are out of a fear-based modality of consciousness. It is impossible. Therefore, once you understand that, once you know that these are the dynamic forces of nature that people are working with, whether they understand it or not, and that's what you're creating with, whether you understand it or not, once you do understand that these are the forces you're working with, you know there is no such thing as an enlightened soldier. 
It does not exist. It never has existed. It never will exist. No soldier in the history of humanity has ever been enlightened and still been a soldier. Once they reach enlightenment, they stop being a soldier. Don't you get it? Zero soldiers are enlightened. Zero. Not one. Not even one. Blanket statement. Blanket statement. And it's a true blanket statement. There are no enlightened soldiers. It doesn't exist. That's an oxymoron. That's like saying there's single-colored chessboards. It doesn't exist. For there to be a chessboard, there's light and dark squares. Or it's not a chessboard, it's a square. (laughs) There are no enlightened controllers. Once you're enlightened, you understand there's no such thing as external control over another living being. The end. The end. That's the goal of the spiritual quest. That's the goal of being a truth seeker. How about you change your name from Oath Keepers to Truth Seekers, and then maybe you'll make some progress in the world. And better things would start happening to you. And again, I don't advocate what was being done. As a matter of fact, it shouldn't be allowed to be done. People should step up and refuse to allow that being to be taken from their parents. By whatever means they need to do it, that's what should be done. And the people who are allowing that to happen are just as wrong as the people who took it. But that community is just brainwashed like any other, and they're just going to sit back and let it happen in the live free or die state. Yeah, they're real enlightened, allowing that to happen. But again, there's a reason that things manifest. When you start to understand the reasons, you'll start to be able to change it, because you'll change yourself and get out of the controlled paradigm that you're under that's called mind control. And I don't care whether you don't like the term. I don't care whether the term is abrasive to people. That's what it is. It doesn't matter whether you're uncomfortable with it or you don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with gravity. I don't like gravity. Well, guess what? It's called tough. That's what it's called, tough. It exists. It's a law. It's an operation. That's what's happening. You're bound by it. The end. You you don't say, I don't like mind control. I'm uncomfortable with dealing that that's real, so therefore I'll choose to believe that it doesn't exist. It doesn't work like that. Events actually are occurring. Things are actually happening. The truth is actually knowable about what is going on, and you can know it if you get out of the poison stream of information that people are taking in, get onto some real media, read some real books that are trying to tell people about it. Brave people. That, that's, that's what has ultimately continued the underground stream that is the great work. Courage. Brave people who don't care about what, has, what ha- might happen to them in the physical domain. Courage is what is needed to go forward. Will 
It's a component of will. It's the internal component of will, courage. You have that within, then you direct it outward, and that's called will, and that's the will to seek the truth. What the poison stream of information called the mainstream media owned by six corporations, giving you 96% of the data that people get to hear and see on a daily basis. What, what they are ultimately like is a sorcerer, shaman of South America. South America, there's these sorcerer shamans called brujos. And they constantly have to give the drip of the poison to their people that they're controlling. See, somebody goes to them thinking that they're a shaman, that they're going to get advice, that they're going to get healing, you know? And in these indigenous cultures, there's some evil people that know the methodologies of shamanism, the healing techniques, the techniques with herbs and with shamanistic compounds and plants. And yet there's some evil ones that want it all for their power. They want to control people with it. So they'll give them certain dissociative compounds. One of them is called Datura. D-A-T-U-R-A. Datura. And it's a complete dissociative that makes people so dissociated from reality that they'll listen to whoever is in a normal state of consciousness that can perceive what really is going on around them. And a sorcerer shaman will give people the Torah on a daily basis and say, you need to come back because for you to get by in reality and for me to interpret what's really going on, you need to come back to me every day. And every day they'll give them more of the Torah. And that person will take it because they trust them because he's their only ground or anchor to what they think is reality. And this happens. You can look it up. You can study this. Look up South American sorcerer shamans and the, the blue flower plant called Datura. D-A-T-U-R-A. This goes on now as we speak. This is going on. And these shamans will just totally take advantage of their community. Just so they land in a better position, in a position of advancement over their fellow man. That's why they do it. And to do that, you have to exist in a consciousness of fear. And that's exactly what the mainstream media, all of the people who just go to work and read from a teleprompter or read from a piece of paper, they don't care about the veracity of the information. They don't care what harm it's doing. Just as long as I get my paycheck, that's it. How much fear do you have to be living in? How much of a lack of courage do you have to be, have to not say no to doing that job? It's not only a disgrace, it's something that should be pitied. Pitied. But that's what they are. They're the modern-day sorcerer shamans that administer the detura to the masses on a daily basis. And until people come out of that poison stream of information and go onto a stream that is unpolluted, which is the alternative media, and which is real books that have really tried to communicate the truth of what's taking place in the world. Reading, listening to lectures, attending lectures, going to alternative sources of information, alternative radio, documentaries online. And that'll be part of when we get into the solutions section. We'll talk about how to go about that process, how to really search the Internet, how to use the Internet as a, a vehicle for gathering true information that can really help and empower. 
Well, folks, we're coming to the end of the show. I want to thank all the great callers, as always. You guys are awesome. Next week, we'll be talking about food and medicine as more sources of information, what we put into our body, and how these are basically more methodologies of mind control in the way that they are being used in the modern world. That'll be next week. For now, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Mark Passio, and you have been listening to What on Earth is Happening. See you here next week. Good night.